1: We all have frustrating experiences handling uncooperative and sluggish teammates or dull discussions which can drag on forever. Yet, we still can't deny the fact that a team in the workplace is the real backbone of any enterprise. However, it's extremely common for teams of incredibly talented people, initially fully dedicated to the project, to gradually run out of steam and lose cohesion. So why do these on paper Perfect teams for the job end up underperforming. Well, on today's show, we've invited a very special guest along with his co-author, who have outlined a revolutionary new model for workplace team in his book, X Teams, which he believes are able to stay flexible, creative, cohesive while delivering exceptional results. So today we seek to find out the questions, what are the problems of traditional teams in workplaces today? How are these X-teams able to remain dynamic amidst constantly shifting competition, market conditions and innovations? And how you can unlock the power of X-teams in your workplace? Let's welcome on the show Henrik Bresman, the professor at NCAT and co-author of X-teams. Welcome to the show, Henrik. Well, thank you very much. I'm uh, very pleased to be here. That was a very kind introduction. Very, very good. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Now, let's start off by discussing your motivations behind writing or republishing the book. Now, why did you focus on team dynamics and who do you think would benefit the most from, from reading your book and applying your model to their teams at work?
0: Several questions there. Let Let me start with the first one, which is why we decided to republish the book yeah. now. Um, and there are several reasons for this, but I, I want to start by going back to the premise of the original book, which was published published now more than, than 10 years ago, mm. and the premise was this. We need to reimagine how we build and lead teams because, as you said in the introduction, the traditional way of doing things doesn't work. We're going to get more back to what, what it is that isn't working, but but why isn't it working? Well, because the, the world in which teams work has, has changed. And already, 10 years ago, people talked about how we now live in in this VUCA world. It was uh, an expression that was very popular at the time. The idea that... uh uh, we now live in a world that is volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And in this, this world, we need to think differently about how to work. Hmm. And our answer to the question how we need to think differently about it when it comes to teams was this idea of X teams Now, the first reason why we decided to rewrite this book is because now we are in, um, in a world of VUCA on steroids. <laughs> so in addition to the volatility and uncertainty and complexity and ambiguity, we have increasing diversity, asynchronicity. We have to add after the pandemic and, and everything is changing at a furious pace. Yeah. And we'd like to call this the, an exponentially changing world. So that's, that's the first reason. The uh, second reason is that we're also frustrated that we find so many teams still working according to the traditional model. And so this book is, a, is, is an attempt to fire people up yeah. um, again. And the final reason, well, I will also say that in the book that we have plenty of examples of teams who actually have done this well and we want to celebrate that. But the final reason I would say is that we've done a lot of research and we know a lot more now about uh, how to make these teams work. And we want to get that out in an accessible uh, and concise way. And that's, uh,
1: that's the reason why we published this book. Wonderfully put. Thank you so much, uh, Henrik. Now, I've I'm, it's interesting that you brought up about the pandemic as well. To, to what extent do you think that the pandemic perhaps maybe changed the dynamics or maybe triggered uh, the, a change in dynamics in workplaces?
0: Well, in so many different, uh, different ways. I, w- I will say... Specifically for, for teams, what, what it has done is that it has accelerated changes in the ecosystem in which the team uh, is embedded. Uh, power structures have changed, mm. uh, where you find the resources, who you need to have on board, knowledge structures, where do you find the knowledge when you're distributed across uh, across the ecosystem, perhaps even across the, the world, work structures, interdependencies have become more complex and also more difficult to uh, to manage when we work more and more uh, virtually. Uh, and so <laughs> I realized that what is unsaid so far is what is the problem with the traditional way of working in teams, teams that that are well aligned around the goals and the roles and the processes and then the personal relationships may be um, characterized by trust and, and respect and so on. All of these things are really, really good. But the one problem with all of that is that teams are inwardly focused. Mm. This is looking at what's going on. The traditional model of high-performing teams is to look at what's going on inside the team. And that's just half the story. And we need to be far more focused on the other side of the story. And that is what's going on in the rest of the ecosystem. So the idea of an X team is a team that is uh, externally connected, constantly engaged in external uh, outreach. And that's the X and the X team. And, and, and so to your question, how has things changed after the pandemic? This challenge, it was there before the pandemic, but it has become even more difficult as we are not sitting together face-to-face as much as we used to, which, uh, and we might be sitting in different time zones. Yeah. And misunderstandings happen more. Uh, more frequently when we are communicating um, in um, ways that are not face to face. So I'll stop there. Of I'm God. a professor. You can tell I'm I, I'm used to professing. So unless it's you stop very good, me, yeah, we,
1: it's good. It's good. We feed on the yes. the information he can give us as well. Thank you so much for that, Henrik. And uh, why don't let's talk a little bit more about the X and the X team, right? And you've already mm-hmm. mentioned before it uh, has to do with looking outwards as well but perhaps help us understand you know what does it emphasize and what kind of uh, what kind of what, what does it signify in the workplace
0: mm. so uh, there are three principles i would say of, of the x team uh, and uh, a team that cares as much about the external world as the internal world and and i actually Warren emphasized emphasize this that the internal dynamics of a team is still absolutely necessary Um, So we're not throwing that out here. We're Mm. just adding an external perspective. So there are three things that we found. One is that high-performing X teams, they go out before they go in. They go out before they go in. And they do this in three specific ways. One, they go out and engage in what we call sense-making. This Mm. is about making sure that you have up-to-date maps of the world out there whether it's the competitive landscape it's the the customers or new technologies that you need to deal with second piece is what we call ambassadorship this is connecting with the power structure this is making sure that you understand where you find the resources where the powerful stakeholders are who you need to have on board where you might find the lines of resistance and so on and then finally um, task coordination which is about making sure you understand and work with the interdependencies in your, uh, your ecosystem. Right. That, that's the first part, out before in. The second part is to do this, you need to build a very robust internal environment because when you bring a lot of things in from the outside, you will have deal with disagreements and contradicting pieces of information and paradoxes. And to deal with that, you need a psychologically safe environment. An environment where that is safe for for interpersonal risk-taking where you feel you can be be are permitted to uh, to be candid about things you're unsure of yeah about things you disagree with etc and then the final piece is you have to pivot along the way you can't just be out all the time you'll you need to iterate between going out and going in out and out and you go out there you get information Uh, You come back and you collectively make sense of it as a team and then you go out again. Uh, Mm. And I want to say one more thing, which is probably already obvious, but this is a very demanding way of working as a team to constantly be out there with customers, with stakeholders that matter. And therefore, sometimes you also need to go back in and rest for a bit. (laughs) We also find that, that X Teams, when done well, is not only good for instrumental purposes performance, whatever the bottom line is, but also for mental health outcomes. So those are the three things. Go out before in, build a uh, robust internal environment that is psychologically safe, and then make sure that you pivot along the way and go out and in and out and in as appropriate.
1: Wow. Thank you so much for that comprehensive breakdown, Henrik. Now, can you give us a few examples from your book, perhaps, of really successful ex-teams in businesses today?
0: Wow. We have m- many uh, examples. Uh, yeah. We have looked at, we we have a few companies that we looked at out here in in Asia, we have examples of Mike tiago for example, the CEO there, Jerry Ong. He, he's a long-term friend and collaborator. Uh, mm. That's one example that is up in there. We have, uh, if we move over to Europe, uh, we have Menarini, uh, which is uh, one of the largest uh, pharmaceutical firms in uh, Italy. And then we have the Museum of Modern Arts in yep. the nonprofit profit sector in uh, US uh, there are min- and Microsoft is a big example in the book too mm. but per- perhaps actually th- this sounds a bit abstract so let me let me say here in Singapore I've had the privilege to work with a lot of organizations yeah. and I, I may not uh, be able to mention their their names, but I will say that here I've been bringing this concept into the government sector. Yeah. So during several years, I've worked with the Singapore government trying to make help it make be more nimble as the world is spinning faster uh, in the financial services sector and also in the uh, in the startup world. Yeah. Um, Now, of course, these are very different uh, contexts, government, bank, big banks Small startups, but what, what we found is that while exactly how you implement this model mm. um, yeah. uh, differ between these contexts, of course, uh, but the general principles they they hold up and. and of course it's very gratifying for me uh, as someone who's do research on this to see that this is really making traction here in the country where I live now since more than a decade.
1: Interesting that you brought Singapore up as well. I'm I actually, I'm actually quite curious to know in fact you know looking at the Singaporean workplaces more broadly how would you say companies are receptive? How receptive are they in terms of adopting the X teams concept? Or would you say that Singaporean workplaces are still structured around the old traditional inward-looking teams?
0: This is this is a that's a very complex question. Let me try to break it down. Okay. <laughs> First, let me let me well two things: complex and interesting and important. So there are two pieces uh, that I'd like to respond to. One is that so what is it where we're actually asking? what we're asking teams to do because I I now have this voice in the back of my head Mm. uh, telling saying, well, professor, maybe you've been a little bit abstract so far. Say something about what it actually means.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You think about what it actually means. Uh, And then I'll say something about what might be the barriers to work with. So usually when I work with teams and try to introduce this mindset, what I do is that I start small with very concrete suggestions. For example, as a team, you can decide that each and every one of us, we make one call a week, just one, to a new customer or mm. a new potential customer. Uh, and that could be, that is less about closing a sale and more about learning something about someone who's a little bit in the periphery of the current ecosystem and maybe a, a, a former uh, customer. That's a, that's a small ask just one call a week, and then we, we meet to, to talk about what we found. Or uh, we can take a meeting a week or maybe more realistically a meeting a, a month where we invite someone in, a guest from um, a little bit further away from us, a, a further away in the ecosystem, or maybe even a different industry so we can learn something from them. So it doesn't have to be big things. It could be small things like this, um, and and the final thing, very important, that I always say, because very often uh, what we ask teams to do is in the spirit innovating and, and being entrepreneurial. And, yeah. and if you just let p- teams go off and be entrepreneurial and innovative, well, they may go off the reservation. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, so therefore, it's important we guardrails. So yeah. For example, I'm I'm working with a software company, and they are all into to X teams. Uh, However, they say to a team when they go off with an idea, they say, well, as long as you have, if you do not have X number of users um, by time Y, well, then we will cut this project. So everyone knows oh, yeah. that the, this is, these are the guardrails. And it turns out that that's, that's also, that creates um, psychological safety for the team because they know exactly what the rules are. Yeah. now. Second piece, why don't teams do this? Well, one is that we, we seem to have just uh, burnt into our brains the idea very often that teamwork mm. is something that is done in the team room or this if that's a Zoom room or a physical facility, and then we forget the people outside. Mm. So one thing we need to do is to just nudge people to think about outside of, as part of the team work. But then... The, the second piece, it's a little bit harder to work with, is is we do like harmony. And if you go out and meet a lot of stakeholders that you might not know very well, you, you know, speaking to customers can be quite punishing, actually, yeah. if you ask them what they really think. And so they're maybe not consciously, but unconsciously, we may avoid those kind of conversations. So what I'm trying to do when I coach teams is that I, I have them go through the first the first resistance, but then when they, when they start to perform better, they tend to get into this new habit. Singapore, you asked, is this harder in Singapore? I would say that on one hand, it's easier because, because you're right that many, I shouldn't say all, but, mm-hmm. but there are many many industries here in Singapore that are traditionally top-down and hierarchical. However, they are very driven and very ambitious and they know what they need, that they need to keep up to, to continue to be world-beating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they are really an easy sell on the idea that the future work is diverse dynamic and distributed mm. and uh, uh, X-Teams is a very powerful vehicle for introducing distributed leadership into an organization but then yeah. yes of course if you have a tradition of of uh, top-down uh, leadership it, it takes a, l- a little bit more work with these uh, um, th- these blockers. Th- these, uh, whenever, whenever you do something differently, there will initially be, you know, hesitancy and, yeah. and, and uncertainty. Because what has? Uh, do you know this in the coaching world? There, there is this very common saying, which is, mm. "What took you here won't take you there." Yeah, Have you heard this. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what this is about. That the traditional way of working has taken you here, mm-hmm. and that is really a successful place. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to say and difficult to do to let go of something that has made you successful uh, and try something new. Uh, and so, so yes, in, in hierarchical organizations, and we don't find them just in, in Singapore, to be clear, and, and increasingly, actually, now I'm thinking that I'm applying a stereotype that increasingly is not true for Singapore. <laughs> uh, so wherever you have very hierarchical structures, yep. uh, yes, it takes a little bit more work to get people comfortable with letting go of the old way of, of doing things. But then right. when success comes, well, then it tends to get easier to, to ease into new ways of doing things.
1: Oh, wow. Well, 100%, it's always hard to break away from your comfort zone, after all. No, Henrik, Exactly. let's just say if I'm just a team member in my workplace and not a leader, mm-hmm. will the mm-hmm. insights from your book on this team model be useful to me? Or can I try to improve my team's dynamics as merely a member?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So I can give you just a couple of examples of, off the top of my head. I remember the, the example I gave of how you can go out and, and talk to customers? Well, that's a... Yeah that's an idea that, that anyone in a team can introduce. Um, uh, ideas that make the team look more outside than, than inside. Then, well, every team is different. If that's something that uh, the team leadership think is not a good idea, well, then, of course, you have less agency to actually do it because you don't have the formal authority, but you can introduce a good idea. And if the, the if it's a driven team that is driven to succeed, well, then chances are that that idea will be picked up or mm-hmm. um, in, in the context of building psychological safety, a robust internal environment, you can contribute just by asking new questions. Because mm. one, one, one of the signifiers of the world that we live in is that we rarely have all the answers in a team. This is why we need to, to open up. Yeah. The time has passed when you could compose a team that represented all the know-how you need to mm. take on a difficult challenge. So part of the work of a team is to ask the questions that we don't have answers to. Right, And you can do those, those smart test questions, those better questions that uh, puts the, the lens on things that we need to go out and find more out about. Well, those can be
1: asked by anyone. Right. Fascinating. Thank you so much for this comprehensive breakdown so far, Henrik. It's been such a fantastic conversation we've been having. Now, before we let you go, though, how do you see the workplace team dynamics evolving and what can companies do to remain dynamic amidst constantly shifting competition, the market landscape and innovations?
0: <laughs> was, I laughed because... The first thing I was going to say is, well, mm. you, should, you, you should read this book. Oh, yes, 100%. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> I'm not here to sell books. I'm, I'm here to – what gets me up in, uh, in the morning is, is to uh, fire companies up, to go out there and, and rewrite uh, how we, we do things in this world and make it, make it better. So what can they do? Well, if they can do one thing. If, if they remember one thing from this interview, it would be this. Go out before you go in. Mm. Go out before you go in, write an accurate map of the world out there, reach out to the stakeholders you need to have on board, and, and then work with the uh, interdependencies in your ecosystems, whatever those are. So that, that's, uh, that's what I would leave, with you, leave you with.
1: Wonderful. Go out before you go in. It's been such an inspiring conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your insights this morning, Henrik. Thank you so much. All right, we've been speaking to Henrik Bresman, the professor at NCAT and co-author of X Teams, talking all about team dynamics in the workplace and how you can apply the X Team model to improve team cohesion, flexibility, and creativity amidst a constantly shifting competition, market landscape, and innovations. Continue to keep it right here with us on Money FM eighty nine